to my podcast, Crack the Code with Kayla Danaway, brought to you by Hermes History, with special guest, Caroline Anderson. Hi! Hey, how are you this afternoon? I'm good, long time no see. Yeah, long time no see. So for this episode of Crack the Code with Kayla Danaway, Caroline and I will be reading the poem from World War I, Into Battle, by Jillian Grenfell. All right, let's get in it. The naked earth is warm with spring, and with green grass and bursting trees, leans to the sun's gaze glorying and quivers in the sunny breeze. And life is color and warmth and light, and is striving evermore for these. And he is dead who will not fight, and who dies fighting has increased. Fighting man shall from the sun take warmth, and light from glowing earth. Speed with the light foot winds to run, and the trees to newer birth. And find, when fighting shall be done, great rest, and fulfillness after dearth. All the bright company of heaven, Hold him in their bright comradeship. The dog star and the sister seven, Orion's belt and sworded hip. The woodland trees that stand together, They stand to him, each one a friend. They gently speak in windy weather, They guide to valley and ridges end. The kestrel hovering by day, And the little owls that call by night, Bid him be swift and keen as they, As keen of ear as swift of sight. Blackbird sings to him, Brother, brother, if this be the last song you shall sing, sing well, for you may not sing another, brother, sing. In dreary, doubtful waiting hours, before the brazen frenzy starts, the horses show him nobler powers, O patient eyes, courageous hearts. And when the burning moments break, and all things else are out of mind, only joy in battle takes him by the throat and makes him blind. Through joy and blindness he shall know, not caring much to know, that still nor lead nor steel shall reach him, so that it be not the destined will. The thundering line of battle stands, and in the air death moans and sings. But day shall clasp him with strong hands, and night shall fold him in soft wings. All right, uh, thank you, Caroline. Yep. Um, so I'm going to ask a few questions. So one thing that stood out to me in the first two stanzas was the nature aspect and the peaceful concept he wrote about. Why do you think he does this? Why do you think he glorifies the bursting trees and the sun's gaze? Well, going into war can make you feel prideful when you don't know what you're about to face. And so the scenery can distract you from the reality you're about to face. I think he glorifies the references of nature by personifying them like the sun's gaze and the bursting trees maybe to make them more relatable. It goes back to the unexpected pride of the before war excitement, like you're going into war blindly and trying to take in the beautiful things. All of the surroundings are better than anything you would see in the trenches and the battlefield. And when you're in war, you can't take a moment to stop to look at the beautiful nature of the earth. Yeah, it's not like you can stop for a second and say, hey, everyone, look at the sun, it's so pretty. Uh, you're constantly hearing gunfire, and when you're not, you have other things to be worried about. Like we briefly touched on, upon poison gases, and the soldiers said that the silence was the scariest thing. So, as we get deeper in the poem, he seems to get more serious. For example, in the third stanza, which is my personal favorite, is it talks about constellations, and he says, All the bride company of heaven hold him and their bright comradeship. Caroline, what do you think of the wording? I think when he mentions the heaven, like as if you were to die that you would become one of the stars in the sky or like a constellation yeah like i said i like the description of the star he gives i think in the, in the way they have to stay alert all night and if nothing happens it's like 
they have nothing to do. He probably looks at the stars, and after a while, maybe he'll be able to identify them quicker. Um, I also like that he says Orion, because like him, Orion was a fighter. Uh, maybe he feels some of like a stronger connection to that set of stars, because he understands it more. And continuing in towards the end of the poem, uh, he says, the thundering lines of battle stands, and in the air of death moans and sings. What do you think about that? Um, well, I think that the thunder could reference the loudness of the quote-unquote thundering bullets ripping through the air that comes 24-7 on the battlefield. And when the thunder of the bullets come, he can't escape the cruel fact that death isn't far behind him. So obviously he has a lot of expectations on what war is supposed to be about. And at the end of the poem, when he starts to say, not caring much to know, nor lead nor steel shall reach him. He gets a hard smack at the face of reality. What yeah. do you think about that? Yeah, so the author is describing the before war experience. He was more fragile towards the idea of death than other morbid and worse things. But now he has this grueling mindset and has had this experience of war and death for a longer time. It doesn't seem to, in a sense, agitate him anymore because he's had all those tough experiences. Yeah, so we're in agreement that it's not only about the unfit expectation, but also a seemingly different view on death because of this war. Um, I think the poem says a lot about taking in the little things before they're gone, like the colors of trees. It gives us a clear view of World War I through a man who has been affected by it. And I think everything he means to say is clear. He makes no mistakes with his wording, and it's like everything has its place in his writing. Um, so with that, we have sadly run out of time. So we, I think we'd, we'd like to say thank you for listening to us discuss the deeper meaning of this poem. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our one-time podcast. And uh, thank you, Caroline, for helping me crack this code. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. Have, have a, a nice day. day.